Hey, everybody. Welcome to Contest Prep University. I'm Joe Klimczewski with Adam Atkinson. We're going to do another uh, feature-length um, session on Masters competitors. And uh, I, I almost had kind of a full little introduction set, Adam, because I feel like I am, you know, Aerosmith or something, 75 years old, still on the stage. And the reason I say that is you you get to a certain point of coaching. I've been doing this now for 30 years, 20 specifically, uh, 25-ish in contest prep. And at different points of life, you start thinking, am I, am I still going to be relevant at some point? Like, is this what I want to do when I'm 40, 50, 60, et cetera? And I always thought there would be a point where you're just a little bit overlooked with that sense of ageism. But in reality, it's it's a really cool thing in that I still, for some reason, have just as many young people who hire me. I just had an 18-year-old start this week, a 24-year-old start uh, this week, and a 66-year-old start this week. Um, but at the same time, you can start relating to the people more in your demographic. And at almost 54 years old, uh, I will say that when I'm working with with people in that 50 to 60 to even 70 age range, uh, you you know what they're feeling, you know, when they talk about the sore back or or, you know, knee arthritis or something or the fact that they're gearing up toward a battle against is my body going to respond the same way it did when I was 30 in terms of lean body mass retention, body fat loss? How is the collagen holding up in the skin? Those kind of things really matter to master's age competitors. And I don't think when I was 25 or 35, I would have known, you know, at all what they're talking about. You can, you can, you can understand it academically, but until you're there, you don't really get that. So I, I thought it'd be cool to do a session as we've done on demographic and division specific entities like bikini doing one just for masters, but you're, you're not nearly my age. So I'd like to know kind of your perspective on working with master's competitors, you know, even up to 70 plus years old, what, what has been your experience through your entire career? Yeah, I definitely experienced what you did when you were younger and working with older athletes that you know, you understand academically like what you need to do, but you don't physically understand what it's like maybe living in a little bit uh, older body. It's easier to tweak things for me than it used to be in the gym. And uh, I can only see that progressively getting a little bit worse as I age. So there is more of that understanding. I think the biggest thing is lifestyle factors. You know, um, people have kids, grandkids, kids in sports. Uh, maybe I have a client right now who has like nine grandchildren. And part of our prep process was her having to be a little bit more selfish with her time for her prep so she could actually get the rest and relaxation that's required to keep her from you know, having some of those injuries. And that's one of the biggest things, injury prevention and uh, resting. I think the rest requirements for a master's competitor, especially women, are going to be much greater. The recovery is just not as fast. Uh, and then hormonally, I think that's a really, really big piece of the puzzle. You know, do these women have circulating estradiol still or are they completely flatlined? Uh, that really changes how you prep somebody. And I think this is where 
I really excel over a lot of coaches because we do focus on the hormonal component with younger people. Reversing can impact and help those hormonal adjustments quite a bit. Not always. You still want to look at the blood work. But with master's competitors, you really want to look into that stuff more often and really see what's happening in the body, you know, um, that that's been huge for me and my success with my my clients. And, uh, you know, just if anyone doesn't know, we just uh, retained the world championship client with my or world championship title with my client, Janine Priest. So she's a two time world champion at 60 years old in bikini masters. And uh, we hit the criteria so well that Sandy kicked us out of the line in the feedback. She said, if you come in here, I don't even know what to tell you. So get out of here. <laughs> it's funny. And, and you know, it, I actually have hormones is the last thing I was going to talk about today. So we'll, we'll, we'll hit that now since you brought it up. Uh, you know, for, for men and women both, I also, you know, want to see that kind of, of, uh, issue addressed, just seeing what their baseline levels are. And I appreciate your expertise in this as well. You, you know, I lean on you bugging the crap out of you sometimes with some questions as I have this week. Um, you know, I, I do have clients who are drug-free and still even without testosterone replacement therapy or anything like that, you know, men in their fifties, sixties and up. And you do see, because you just can't handle the kind of weight. I mean, I know in my previous decades of training, squatting and deadlifting 500 pounds, when I look at those photos and I look at myself now, I feel like doing half of that weight, you know, pretty steadily now maintains a lot of size and, you know, functional strength, but there's definitely a difference in density. You know, if I, if I dieted down to that lean, I, I would have seen an appreciable amount of muscle loss. And you see that in some people, but it, I want to say that's almost equated for that kind of organization. If everybody is on that level playing field, that's what you're going to experience. But I do see an awful lot of clients now who might have worked with me back then, and now they are on TRT or HRT. And you know, there's just virtually no difference. When somebody is maintaining their physique and their health up to those hormonal replacement levels, it truly does bridge that gap. Every once in a while, I have clients who have taken that step and now they said, well, now that I can't qualify for necessarily drug-free organizations, I may as well you know, up that just a little bit, maybe add something else to be a little more anabolic. And all of a sudden, they're finding more fun in it than they even did 10, 20, 30 years ago uh, because it's, it, it is helping with some of the anti-aging uh, issues and muscle loss and strength loss. But now they can just push the envelope a little bit more and still stay pretty healthy. Uh, we talked about this before, but even with women, instead of just looking at estrogen and progesterone, a lot of women are now using straight TRT injections. And, you know, instead of being around 15 to 25 nanograms per deciliter, they are sometimes up to 80 or 100 and I have to imagine at 40, 50, 60 years old as a female, like that's even helping them just feel better. So in, in that kind of a, a circumstance, people who might have been drug free previously and now they're using hormone replacement and so forth on up. Is that something you're also seeing increasing as a, as a client population? 
I am. I'm seeing a lot of practitioners, though, make really horrible decisions with some of these clients though, on the amount or maybe they're doing the TRT pellets and they're getting a super high influx and then they're really feeling that drop off, um, sometimes so high that it's shutting down their estradiol and then it's making their fat loss even harder. Uh, you know, with men, I'm seeing TRT doses prescribed but then they're doing like an ai or a estrogen uh modulator and they really shouldn't need it if they're just a trt there's not going to really be that type of aroma aromatase happening so basically with the benefit they're getting out of their testosterone now their fat loss is harder because their estradiol is low depending on what kind of drug they gave them and i'm finding coaches are in a really hard position right now um where they a clinic reach out to them and the coach says that sounds great because i don't know what i'm doing but the clinic doesn't know what they're doing either now the client's really backed in a corner and then as coaches we kind of need to know our role on where we dip into the um medicine side of things too much or you know when to kind of take a step back and I'm finding a lot of coaches really don't know what to do in these scenarios so uh you know for me this is why I've really immersed myself into the hormone health so I can call out these clinics when they're BSing my clients link them to a new clinic um and also help assist along the way from more than just a here's what your dosages should look like, but also what do you have planned in the next 20 years? Like how much bodybuilding do you see yourself doing? The health ramifications as you're older can only be greater, right? Than versus when you're 24, if you go in the wrong direction. So that is something I really like to speak about with all of my clients. How serious are you about this? You you know, what are we willing to risk? And luckily with TRT, I don't think there are very many risks at all when it is truly TRT. I just saw someone post the other day that you'll realize from TRT. Well, if the TRT is done correctly, no, you should not realize. But uh, unfortunately, we tend to call anything in practice TRT and practices are not always equal. Yeah. And that, you know, you, you said so much there. Number one, I, I, I do detest the fact that some doctors are still using pellets. <laughs> there are so many better, you know, ways to, to get this into somebody's body, but then also, um, it, you know, it, it does just become a little bit cliche to give somebody like 200 milligrams, uh, every two weeks because they don't want to have to inject more than that, or, you know, something like that, instead of, you know, we know the half-life is four or five days. And so you can do much, much lower doses more frequently, uh, pros and cons, but at the same time, I, I'm more worried about the body chemistry and homeostasis and not having those huge swings that you mentioned. But as you said, I'm, I'm not a physician, you are not a physician. And so I tell my clients, look, you know, here's what I know. Here are some people I trust in the industry like yourself, Adam. But at the same time, I would rather you talk to your your physician about this primary care. Let somebody know so you're you're looking at the right blood work, and you can go to anti aging type clinics and in that kind of place where they're a little bit more akin uh, and in in the in sync with these kinds of things. 
but all the more reason why, because there is so much misinformation and even quote experts, you would think any medical doctor, primary care physician would know what they're doing. As you said, Adam, they often don't probably one of the, the areas they really don't have much expertise, but you also mentioned fat loss and how that can change with the types of hormone replacement therapy you might be on going back to just somebody who's not even doing that. Uh, you know, we often hear, well, as I age, my metabolism isn't what it was. I think research is pretty clear that there's very, very minimal drop off. It has a lot more to do with activity, your intensity of training, your non-exercise activity, things like that. Uh, when you're working with somebody that you would classify as a master's and, and I'm not sure, even though technically I know 35 to 40 year olds, sometime 40 to 45, you, you know, they can be masters, but you know, I mean, 50, 60, somewhere in there. Uh, do you often find that there is much change or once they lock into prep and doing the right kind of cardio and food intake that everything's going to be fine and they're going to get where they need to go? That's a great question. I think with some people it's minimal and then you get people. And like you said, Calories in, calories out. I, I do find some clients really limit themselves once they find out they're hormonally lower. They just immediately say, I can't anymore. And that's not necessarily the truth. However, some of these symptoms hit people harder. Uh, so when women get hot flashes at night, it's affecting their sleep. Now their recovery is really poor. So it does really depend on the client on how bad these hormonal ramifications are, you know, affecting them. And, you know, we, we know that no matter what, we can always lose body fat, but we do need to hit those recovery modalities to be able to have pep in your step and have really active, good cardio, great training. And a lot of times we're just really hitting the recovery, um, button with these clients just a little bit more than somebody else. So, you know, my client Janine is obviously pre-genetically gifted. So we haven't found that we've had to pull back a lot of those things as much, but we definitely ask her about them because they could change from year to year to year. And uh, she's a really great communicator. So that's helpful. Uh, I had one client this year, uh, Jen, we really had to grind into her fat loss and uh, sleep definitely became an issue. So we definitely had to dial back her training um, so much to the point she didn't really like that. Uh, she really wanted to train her glutes more often, but we got the job done and we were really happy with the end result. We definitely hit this last show a personal best. Uh, she got fourth place in her division. So it's definitely going to be different per person. And her teammate who got third ahead of her, she has some other issues that are keeping her from, you know, training maximally, maybe like Janine is, but it wasn't necessarily a hormonal or hot flash thing. So her her the way we approach things with her were very different and it was really cool to see them basically at the front of their class going three and four together and this all comes down to customization of your programming getting good feedback from your clients and adjusting things as needed yeah and as you said it, different person to person and that transcends age categories and divisions genetics or genetics it's it made me think ironically I, I had three masters competitors compete last weekend and ironically 
you know, one of them had a little bit what I thought was a slower metabolism because it took us a while and we had to dig pretty deep to lose the body fat we needed. But by the time all three of these guys were ready for the stage, they were all eating, you know, around 400 grams of carbs a day, up to 100 grams of fat a day. And it was maybe a little bit tougher getting down there because of the age-related issues in activity and intensity and so forth. But man, they were fine. You know, they did great. Uh, one of them won a pro card. One of them was a top five at the IFBB Pro Worlds that you were at. Um, you know, another one actually uh, had barely just missed on a on a pro card win. So you know, that gets me into kind of the why uh, why you would want to do this, which I think is really really important. Um, I see a lot of my I made that joke about Aerosmith or Leonard Skinner, you know, being those bands that are 70, 80 years old and they're still on stage. You go to those concerts and you see a lot more people who are 60 and 70 years old going to those contests or going to those concerts, I should say. And uh, because that fan base kind of follows the people they like, you know, that's just a normal trajectory of life. And I find an awful lot of my clients were people I had helped coach 20 and 30 years ago. And now they're coming back around to master's competition. And, and it's always interesting to me to understand you know, why they're doing this. Sometimes it's just like, Hey man, I kind of left this on the table to raise my family. And now it's, it's me time again. And and I still have that competitive fire. It's fun. It's a hobby. I want to see what I can do. Uh, others it's a, it's a nice little challenge. Like I want to get back in that condition. I let myself slip a little bit and I'm going to use this contest as external motivation, but some of them I, I feel you know, on the negative side, Adam, it's just, they, they feel like it's the identity they just can't let go of and they just compete year after year after year after year. And it's it's never enough to just say that was a part of my life and let that go. So, I, of course, I'm leaning into the fact that if it's a positive, fun thing for you, you want the challenge, it helps you stay in your best shape. You know, fantastic. Let's let's do that. Uh, I, I just want to make sure that we mention for people who are competing into their master's years, and they feel like it's an obligation, people expect them to, they will be somewhat less than if they hang it up. I, you know, I, I stopped competing in my my late 30s. I do not plan on going into master's competition. I do I do not have any desire whatsoever, but I, I train hard. I still love it. I'm still in the sport. It's just not there for me. Now, you know, 10 years from now, who knows? You know, I may I may change my mind for one of these reasons. But uh, do you do you ever have to have those conversations with people like you know why are you doing this and let's let's kind of investigate the 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 real deep positive reasons. With age comes experience and wisdom. With my masters, not as much. And one thing that really stood out about Janine is during her interview with Jim Mannion, she said like, "Thank you to my friends who are here and." You know, I really I got to eat dinner with her and her competition friends who I've met many times. And it just reminds me of exactly of my mom who played in a golf league. And those were the people she hung out with. And, you know, when I got home, my wife had asked me, like, what do you think makes people do it when they're 60, you know? And I said, honestly, the group of friends she's accumulated from this, I wish everyone could experience from a competitive standpoint. And I think it takes time and wisdom for that to happen. Because I had to ask myself, how? How has 
she met these just such amazing people in this industry. And it really does come with wisdom. And, uh, you know, you can just see the chains of people that she talks to. And man, when, if you ever get a little bit burnt out on bodybuilding or feel like the industry's horrible or just, you know, you maybe feel like you're around some negative people, just go to a master's competition and it's completely different. I really urge everyone who's maybe struggling with the industry, go to a master's show. It's 1000% different than any other age group. I'm so glad you brought that up. I I was going to say that a lot of my clients who compete in their 50s and 60s, it is just a different mindset. They're they they take losses better and it's just a step along the way and you know that that wasn't necessarily the reason the single reason they were doing this uh it is to be part of the community it's for the health challenges the the ongoing athletic pursuit so so that's just that's just incredibly well said adam um they i think there is just a better level of gratitude that they're even able to be there and do that um, you know, one last thing you had mentioned this earlier with injuries and so forth. And I, and I mentioned that, you know, th- there, there is certainly a cost to the highest level of lean body mass you can gain without any kind of performance enhancing support. Um, but I, I also have to say, it's sometimes surprising that somebody who's using a little bit less weight, or maybe they can't squat anymore. And so they're more on a leg press or, a a leveraged, um, you know, belt squat kind of thing, you know, because of just direct muscle stimulation, you know, being the main factor that, you know, what you're doing between those Z lines and the sarcomeres and creating that, that actual force production, you can find a way with some injuries or some arthritic joints in here and there to maintain an awful lot of muscle mass. And, and this even goes beyond competition just for your own health and health and longevity some of the things you thought you wouldn't be able to do, you find some substitutes for. Uh, just from that orthopedic standpoint, uh, how much do you think that that is a factor for masters? I mean, how many how many competitors do you know that just innately have things they know they can't do and they're okay with that and they find other methods? Yeah, there's definitely a higher notes section for my clients on things they can't do with their training. But the truth is, if you don't, use it you lose it and it may not be what we find you know on paper on research you know being the best exercise program you have to get those modifications in there uh, i have a girl with a pretty significant shoulder issue uh, we've actually incorporated some partial movements to stimulate the shoulders and I feel like not only have we maintained size, we've actually grown a little bit and it's just tweaking those things specifically for those people based around what they can do. And, and sometimes even what they like to do, if they can't squat, maybe find a replacement for that. Um, Maybe a box squat or, you know, something that is similar that doesn't cause them pain. Yeah, totally agree. I'm going to I'm going to wrap it up here, Adam, and just say it's strange. You know, like I said, in in a week, I turned 54 and I still remember being 11, 12 years old, starting to lift weights for the first time. And you you think at different stages of life, you can forecast and predict where you're going to be and how life is going to end up. And it's just never going to be what you think. 
But one of the most fundamental parts of my life is I have always been movement based like that. I love sport athletics. I love being strong and active and functional and mobile. And it, it just, it's still there and it's great. And like you said, some modifications, some things you, you just, you have to work around a little bit, but whether you choose to gradually let that wind down into just the kind of things you can do, and maybe you are in a golf league when you're 80 years old and you're not in a squat rack, but at the same time, the, the, the things you put in place now can last. And, and it really is fun to see people who started in physique sport early and and they want to get back into it or maintain that all the way through is just part of that that touch point of their life as you described your client. It's also fun to see people compete for the very first time in these masters categories as kind of a bucket list thing. You know, here's what I've done my whole life, and now this looks pretty cool. I'm getting in shape anyway. Let's try this. There's just so many so many good reasons to do it and, and do it well, do it safely. So as always, I appreciate your expertise and all the things you bring to the table. Uh, as somebody who is now at that age, and I kind of understand some of the things that people are going through. I know you you talked about you being, you know, older too. I, you, you look like you're 24. I'm, I'm I'm sure you're not even thinking about some of these things. But uh, it, it, any final words for people who are just in, engaging in this maybe for the first time? I mean, the potential's there. It's don't disbelieve, but it's almost unbelievable, you know, growing up what my grandparents looked like and function like are 1000% different than the grandmothers and grandparents I'm working with right now. And I'm completely blown away by what is possible. It's wild. It is so, so, so worth it to, to just be on it for that parallel health trajectory, just to make sure that, you know, those are the the functionality and mobility reasons you're doing it as well as the sport and the fun. So awesome chat, Adam, appreciate that. And we will see you guys all next time in contest prep university. <laughs>